Welcome to We Chat Divorce, hosted by Karen Chalou, Legal Liaison, and Katherine Shanahan, CDFA. Each episode, we sit down with divorce professionals and industry experts to provide insights and frank discussions about real people, real situations, and real divorce to help you achieve your best life post-divorce. This episode of We Chat Divorce is brought to you by My Divorce Solution, offering divorce financial planning so clients can secure the divorce settlement they deserve. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to request access. Welcome to WeChat Divorce. Catherine and I welcome Ralph Brewer from Dad Starting Over to our podcast today. And in this episode, we're going to talk about dads managing the emotional roller coaster of divorce. In this episode, we will discuss how to remain as stoic and intentioned as possible and how not to get stuck in the litany of emotional distractions. But first, let's meet Ralph. Ralph is the founder of Dad Starting Over, author of four books, impressive including the popular The Dead Bedroom Fix. He has a a private group for men called the DSO Fraternity. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Great to be here. Awesome. We're really looking forward to this discussion. Um, I think it's going to be uh, a really great ad. Um, To get started, share your story with us. How did you get to where you are today and um, all of the good work that you do? Yeah. Oh, boy. It's a good one. So buckle up. Okay. Um, <laughs> about, uh, let's say it's uh, 11 years ago now. Um, I was married to my first wife and we had three kiddos, the youngest being a year and a half of age, not quite at the time. And um, our mar- marriage fell apart. I discovered an affair on my wife's part and everything just disintegrated at that point. Um, and I went through very much a kind of a rebuilding phase, if you will, of my life, who I was, personality-wise. Financial was certainly a part of it. You know, what am I going to do moving forward in life? Um, I was like a lot of people that were married or in a long-term relationship where you just think or feel or assume that your whole life is just kind of mapped out for you. And you know what you're going to do next week, next month, next year, kids, college, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden life says, I don't think so. And you're left going, oh boy, now what? And uh, there's, you know, existential crisis, if you will, on top of all the stress of suddenly basically a single parent, um, part of my ex-wife's, I guess you could say crisis at the moment, was she kind of distanced herself emotionally and physically from the children for a while. And that left a lot of the the onus, the responsibility for childcare and stuff was on me. Um, I was always an involved parent, but it's very different when you're basically it for a while. Um, you know, I, there was a period there for several years where I, I, uh, I mapped out how much time am I spending with the kids versus kids go to mom. And it was close to 80% of the time they were with me. And as a guy trying to juggle a career, trying to juggle, you know, this existential crisis, if you will, and everything else, um, I seeked out forms of help. And one of those forms of help was therapy, went to a therapist and, uh, a part of my own self therapy, if you will was to try and go back and uh, rekindle old interests. You can see behind me, for those watching video here, there's guitars behind me. That was something that I always was really into as a youngster. Dropped it completely once I got married, had kids. Got back into it again. And another thing was writing. I love to write and I love to blog about things. This is my experience as a dad starting over. I found out this was my, or that URL, the domain was available, thank goodness. And um, 
didn't really get much of an audience for my writing as most bloggers don't. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until I wrote on particular topics that I got some attention. And one of those topics was infidelity within marriage. That seems to be a really hotbed emotional topic that a lot of people like to read about, and especially. And the other was uh, sex in marriage. And when I talked about my previous relationship, and when I was writing, um, you know, a good year or two after divorce, I had a girlfriend, and wow, the, the relationships were so vastly different. And um, let me write about my experience. And people said, we really like when you write about that. You should write a book on the topic. So I did. And the book was called The Dead Bedroom Fix. And it was first published in 2017, and then a second edition in 2020. And that is probably why most people know me, because of that book. And I've sold hundreds of thousands of copies of it. It's a self-published, Amazon, Audible, wherever you can buy books. And um, because of that, because I had a large audience of people that came to me, I started a members-only group for men to help them, men that are starting over. They don't necessarily need to be divorced. In fact, most of our group is still married, and they want to remain that way. So they look at it as I'm kind of starting over as a husband. I want to redo this thing. I want to avoid divorce, if at all possible, and become a better dude. And then we have those that are divorced going through the whole ugly process, dating again, all that fun stuff. And that's, you know, I've been very active in social media via videos here lately. A lot of people know me through videos. So it's either the book or they see my bald head on videos somewhere like on TikTok or <laughs> Facebook or Instagram and um, get to meet lovely people like yourself and be on podcasts and videos. And I never in a million years would have thought that this is where I would end up, you know, a short 11, 12 years ago that I would have just said, no, no way. But uh, here I am. That's awesome. You know what I, I love about your your uh, fraternity, if you will, um, the dads in there who are married, who want to stay married. You know, what I love about our divorce financial portrait over here at My Divorce Solution is that we've created a platform that you can come through. We don't, we're not attorneys. We don't file for you. This is your story. But the problem in divorce, as I'm sure you're going to agree, on the financial side is that there's a... Um, there's not a symmetry of information. Not both both parties are not typically involved together with all the financial planning throughout the years and handling of finances. Um, usually one party takes that role. And so when they come through our process, it's really a financial exercise that becomes a financial reset. We have so many people that we say at my divorce solution, your solution is not to get divorced. Your solution is to go to marriage counseling. Maybe go into this fraternity and get this group of whatever else you need. You just need a financial reset because after 20 years of marriage, you're just imbalanced financially. So let's pull it together. And that's what I love about us because we don't, you don't need to go through the divorce process when they come to us. You have that space to figure it out, which I think a lot of people need a space to figure it out. And I'm, it's nice that you're providing that space for dads to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, it, it, that's really important. I love how you pointed out the whole uh, mismatch between somebody's usually the financial planner. Somebody is the home manager. Um, what I have seen is often, and I know I'm biased in my audience, but I've seen that it's very often the men that seem to be the financial managers and the wife mm -hmm. are, you know, kind of taken aback as we're in what kind mm -hmm. of debt? Uh, we spend how much? And they have no idea until they get to the mediation table, if you will, and start hashing things out. That's really, really common. On the flip side, it's often men say, I couldn't tell you the name of any of my kids' teachers. <laughs> I don't I don't know any of that <laughs> exactly logistics of family stuff. I just eh, wife, I just leave that to her. So they each have their own. Role. You know what, Ralph? I'm glad. And you saying that again, it's our platform because that's what causes so many families to have a hard time co-parenting. 
because you know the one typically it is the woman who's like really you don't even know the names of our kids parents now you want the kids 50 50 i mean our kids teachers now you want our kids 50 50 really you're traveling all the time where the, the husband typically is saying, wait a minute, you think we have a cash flow of this? We don't. You know those credit cards that are being paid? We're living on those credit cards. And that's not so divorce is going to look very different. And that's exactly what our process and our, our financial portrait puts out. It gets everybody that space to be able to say exactly what we're saying here today. And it saves them hundreds of thousands of dollars from legal fees or say, you know, a fighting over stuff that you shouldn't be fighting over. Um, so it seems like your fraternity and our process is a great match. I would say so. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. As you know, though, it's, um, you guys know better than anyone. It's not a case of ones and zeros when it comes to money, there's emotion involved. And anytime there's emotion involved that just us men, we're kind of spectrumy in that way. We just look at everything. So black and white, it's just numbers. It's ones and zeros. What's you make $5, you don't go spend $7. That makes no sense. Well, it's not that easy, dude. There's there's money or there's rather there's emotions involved and sometimes anxieties, compulsions, all kinds of nastiness that can lead to some not good, not so good things. And sometimes those come to light in divorce, unfortunately. That's so yeah, true. And likewise, with the women, they need mm-hmm. to realize that men are scared too. You know, they think because you, you men are so stoic or you go through it in a stoic manner or not, um, that they don't realize that men are scared too. It's a scary process. Uh, oh, yeah. Both, well, I mean, both parties. The, the majority of men that I speak to, I, I'll hear really, really bad, dysfunctional horror stories of marriage, abuse, and all kinds of things. And when I go to the men and say, what in the world are you doing staying in this relationship you, for your own health? You need to get out. And often they will say, kids, I don't want my kids to grow up in a broken home. That's probably the number one thing I hear. Number two thing is um, I'm going to get destroyed financially. I just know it. She's going to take everything I've worked so hard for. I'm going to lose this house that I built with my own hands or that I've worked so hard to pay for. And I said, what makes you think that? Basically, because that's all I read on the internet are all these guys that mm-hmm. lost three-fourths of their wealth and they, they never see their kids. And I'm, I'm like, well, I'm here to tell you that's not what I hear the majority of the time from the men that I speak to. Men that I speak to have 50-50 custody of their kids. And the stats show us long-term men tend to do pretty well compared to the women post-divorce financially. So, mm-hmm. And uh, you, you're worried about um, a lot of hypotheticals. And I tell men... Go to an attorney or to you folks and say, here's all the financials and lay it all out. What do you think? Where, where do I stand if, if we are to split? And, mm-hmm. you know, put a, lot of your, uh, put a lot of your anxieties to rest, so to speak. But a lot of men are just assume, based on everything they read, that they're going to get destroyed. That's so true. And, you know, this is where it comes to your comment um, as to you helping men stay stoic and intentioned business-like professional when, you know, their lives are being upended emotionally. Often we'll have our clients, um, and again, mostly female, although we do have a, a lot of male clients. And frankly, we have a lot of male clients who pay for their spouses to come to us so that they can level the playing field financially, so to speak. But we will have clients who say, who just make the conclusion that spouses has been the financial manager. And so everything is distorted, money's being hidden, I'm being cut off. And we'll take the opportunity to explain that not in all cases, but in some cases, 
that spouse, that financial manager of the family is behaving as they've always behaved. You're just now emerging wanting to know, and there's a way to get that knowledge without being accusatory or inflammatory in your request. So we're about the business of helping them on the other side, be more pragmatic in their requests so that, you know, in turn, the children benefit from a more, not amicable necessarily, but a more informed and intentioned approach to the divorce transaction. A, a more business-like approach. That's, um, that's really tough to say to people, guys, especially that I talk to, you have to remove yourself, you know, emotionally from the equation as much as humanly possible. And look at this as what it is. It's a kind of a business arrangement. All right. We have assets, we have debts, we have children, we have all this fun stuff. How are we going to split this fairly legally and all that stuff? And uh, as you guys know, not so simple when we're talking about all these great things such as infidelity and all this other stuff yeah. that just somebody wants to get back at somebody. And, yeah. um, it it but, infiltrates. Yes. But often what you see is they end up going to court and they spend, especially if they're well-to-do, a mm -hmm. lot of money. I think the biggest number I heard was $600,000 somebody spent. And in the end, what was the end result? The same thing as if they had a year and a half, two years previously agreed to what they initially came to the table with. But something happened, which caused this one to get a little this way, this one went a little sideways this way, and uh, away they go, $600,000 were spent, and nothing's accomplished, basically. Well, the worst part to that is the $600,000 spent is probably more money than they were fighting over. <laughs> <laughs> True. Right. True. Yeah. We do so many scenarios with our portrait and we're, we're you know, we just, I'm, I'm dumbfounded because, you know, we sit here and we say, okay, here's your estate and you two are fighting over $300,000. Now you each just paid your attorneys $150,000 each. You could have given it to each other. You know, you could have split the difference and taken the 150, but these attorneys, the more, the more um, uh, contentious you are, the more they're making. And so when you're clear on what you have, what you need and what your options are and the impact of those options, you're going to say, okay, instead of paying 600 grand to an attorney process, I'll give you 500, I'll give you 300. You know, it's very easy for people to do that with tax returns. Let's reconcile the taxes. You owe this much, you owe that much. And why are they not doing that with the attorney fees? We're 500 grand in. Do we want it to get to 600 grand or do we want to split the difference here? And that's what our process allows for, because unfortunately, when you, and this may have even happened with you, but you know, you go to an attorney and you say, okay, I, I'm mad at my spouse right now because he cheated on me or she cheated on me or what have you, and I want you to go after him. Okay. They call your, the other side's attorney says, we're going after everything, like blah, 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 blah. That attorney now tells the other spouse, oh, she's coming after everything. He's coming after everything. And now they're inflaming something because you were mad that morning. Right. And none of it is based on data. This is all based on emotions. So they could do that for months. So when you come through our process and you have all that data, now when you go, a good attorney is going to say, wait a minute, here's what's rightfully yours. And I can't go out, I can't call the other side and say, we're going after him. We're saying, here's what they have and here's what's rightfully his or hers. And that's what we want. It cuts to the chase. And then everybody's emotions get to be heard. You know, everybody, because you're doing it in a space where you're heard, not from a space where people are interpreting what your emotions are. That's the worst space. 
because I know me, my attorney, when I was, he had no idea how I was actually feeling. I had to like set him straight how I was actually feeling because, you know, he's talking to the other side, trying to use my words and they weren't my words. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the, the more you can, the more pragmatic you make the whole process and the more ones and zeros and you, what your rights are, what, what, what money is there, what, uh, you know, assets and debts and just keep it as cut and dry as humanly possible, the better. But easier said than done. Easier said than done. That's true. When you're dealing with two human beings. Yeah. So Ralph, in your community, so in the fraternity, you know, you you said a lot of your audience is very tentative about the divorce process. They think Mm -hmm. they're going to get taken to the cleaners, as they say. So how do how do you engage in your support and and assistance with them to I guess neutralize or level the playing field in a in a way that affords their spouse to have more financial knowledge because I do feel like sometimes the financial manager is very tentative to give up information because they think it may be used against them they don't feel mm-hmm. safe in that space so how do you have those conversations um in a you know in a constructive way yeah I think um well, we have hundreds of guys from around the world, and mm-hmm. all you have to do is post a situation like in our discussion forum and say, this is what I'm dealing with as anybody else. And sure enough, you'll have dozens of guys saying, yes, and this mm-hmm. is what happened to me. And mm-hmm. that, that sets a lot of men at ease of, oh, okay, then maybe I won't be so bad off. But the, the general consensus seems to be just consult with an attorney or solicitor or whatever they're called mm-hmm. across the pond and uh, see if you can get the lay of the land as far as what your rights are and what to expect. And take all of your information with you on a spreadsheet to show debts and everything else. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, talk about, oh, the money manager doesn't want to give up control. Um, there is a, a, um, a subset of our group, which is a pretty large subset of the group, which mm-hmm. is what we call your kind of codependent, anxious kind of guys. And uh, they typically overshare and they typically want to get the other partner involved in every little thing. And the other partner is just like, can you please just give me space? And mm-hmm. so he, to a lot of these men's credit, they're the money manager and they really want to get the wife involved in budgeting. And let's come to the kitchen table and let's lay it all out. This is what we have to spend. And often they're met with it. That, that gives me a lot of anxiety to think about. We don't have as much money as I hope we would. And I don't want to talk about it. If I don't see it, then it doesn't give me anxiety. I don't want to talk about it. And mm-hmm. so those men try like heck to get the woman involved. And it's usually not until they get to the mediation or divorce table that all that stuff comes to light. And in these men's defense, they often say, I tried for years to get you involved. And all I heard from you was, hey, can we go to Paris for a vacation? No, again, we're in debt here. (laughs) I've been been trying to tell you for years and years. We're spending more than what we're making. We're credit cards out the wazoo, kids school. And okay. Well, can I get the new Acura SUV? No, that, that's typically what these these guys are, are faced with. So for a lot of those men in that situation, um, once they're clear of that situation via divorce, it's a giant weight off their shoulders. And a common joke or anecdote or whatever from a lot of men that I speak to, not everyone, from a lot of them is I'm paying this much in child support. I'm paying this much in alimony. My wife took, uh, ex-wife took half of my 401k, yada, yada, yada. But even given all of this, in the end, after so many months of being separated, it feels like I got a raise. Mm. And that's, 
I don't get it. You know, everyone I'm hearing is telling me you're going to get ruined. You're going to be destitute, but I actually have some money to play with at the end of the month. And I never did before. And that's not a condemnation of women in general or their wife in particular. It's just Mr. Money Manager anal with his money, for lack of a better word, finally has control of every little penny. And lo and behold, it's wow, it's I'm, I'm watching it grow. I'm not spending extravagantly. I'm not spending on little extra thingies here and there. I don't have another person to help manage. So for a lot of those guys, it's um, the message to them is it actually gets better in a lot of ways. Just be patient. And, and, you know, again, try to keep emotion out of the equation, but easier said than done, but be mm-hmm. patient. Cause a lot of us have been there, done that. And we come out smelling pretty good on the other end. Yeah. It typically goes both ways, right? So a lot of women feel financially controlled by their spouse, their money manager, as you're saying, and they don't really know because they never sat down at the table. They didn't choose to sit down at the table. So they felt like I can afford the Acura because we're doing this or we have this kind of house, you know, because they never were involved. And so I always say good, bad, or indifferent, being financially independent is your power. And so even on the flip side, you know, for the women who never wanted to be involved, they are feeling controlled, which is probably why there's some anxiety between the two parties. So they're just clashing at that. So when they divorce, Yes, this man gets to live his life and he feels a sense of relief. And she probably feels some sense of relief because relief oh, yeah. she knows what she can spend and what she can't. So that's why sometimes divorce is your option. You just won't get on the same page financially. And those are, that's where I, I feel like your expectations need to be set out. You know, that's why groups like yours and getting financially clear are so important so you can get into a healthy relationship moving forward. And make sure your financial expectations um, are in line with each other. And you're not afraid to have those conversations because that's where a divide can come out. You know, it's hard to pull back in if you let 20 years go by, you know, yes. to pull it back in there is hard. You know, you, so your book then, which I have not read yet. Um, so, so I find it interesting because people will talk about sex before they'll talk about money. That's oh, absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so. So, so tell me the premise of that book. It's a it's a book for men, and it addresses what I have learned over the years is the as hilarious as it may sound, the number one pain point for married men worldwide. If you ask them, "How's the marriage?" Eh, it's fine. Well, if you had one complaint, what would it be? <laughs> uh, the, the old bedroom's not what it used to be. Um, when we were dating, pre kids, pre marriage, pre everything else, it was X. And now it's why, and I don't like why all that very much. And I don't feel like I'm quote unquote, getting my needs met as a man. Is there anything I can do about it? Me? Because when I go to wife and say, this ain't working, I'm very, very frustrated. All I get is a lot of back and he's okay. Okay. Now I feel worse about the situation. Now I feel like a monster. Now I feel like some kind of pervert. I I guess I'll just shut up now. Well, that doesn't accomplish much anything. And I wrote a book to say, here are some things to try to maybe bring the uh, the spice back into your life as a couple. And uh, what a lot of those men have learned, not all of them, but what a lot of them have learned is, ooh, I've really dropped the ball on a lot of stuff myself. It's not all on her. It's not like she's just sitting back as some passive person saying, nope, don't want it. And absolutely nothing has changed between the two of us. A lot of men, you know, have the, they look back and go, oh yeah, I've changed a lot myself. And uh, I expect all the same results. And that's not how this whole thing works. And oh yeah. She's changed. 
because it's not fair of me to expect her to be the same 20-year-old that I met all those many years ago, pre-kids and pre-everything else. That's that's not fair of me to expect that same level of energy out of her. And and there's, you know, a lot of evidence, regardless of the circumstance, that um, people aren't as sexually aggressive, if you will, if you want to call it the pre-marriage, pre-comfort, pre-security. Um, that is the the honeymoon phase, as we call it. The mating game. That's when you're both the super duper versions of yourself. And then once you get comfortable and everything's fine, the knob just gets turned down naturally. And the men are the first ones to go, uh, whoa, can we turn the knob back up, please? I don't like this. And uh, such is the uh, the curse of being a man, if you will. <laughs> and, uh, but with that being said, um, I still get messages on a daily basis from women saying, um, I'm actually the guy in that scenario. I'm, my my man has gone through some physical problems or he had a heart attack or whatever it may be. And he's not the same dude anymore. And I'm very frustrated myself. Usually it's the other way, but those situations do exist. The book is not for those women. It's just for the men. Yeah. So, so I, I'm curious to know about your perspective and your insight from the responses that you get from the book or any questions that you get of the correlation between a financially imbalanced couple where there's stress, like you mentioned, a, a guy who is mad because his wife wouldn't come to the table and talk about their cash flow and what they actually didn't have. And the the wife, you know, they're they're financially imbalanced. And so if you're financially imbalanced or you have no trust because there's financial infidelity at some point, how do you bring that into the sexual part of the relationship if there is a crossover of the two? Yeah, I mean... The, uh, you talked about financial infidelity. So that's a, uh, a betrayal. That is a, I can't trust this person moment, whether it's money, whether it's whatever it may be, another human being in the picture. But that is, um, there, there's a lady who uh, you guys should probably talk to. Her name is Dr. Samantha Rodman Whiten. And she goes by the brand name of Dr. Psych Mom. She's really big in social media and everything. And she has a term which I love, which is an empathic rupture between the couple. That there's some moment where between the two of you, um, it, it just, you know, your your relationship was going here. And then all of a sudden it took a left turn because something happened. One of the most common situations is uh, from the female perspective, you just had your first child. And you're in the hospital after going through labor for 13 hours and you're covered in sweat and you feel like you're going to die and you're holding your new infant. And it's, it's all these emotions of new child, yet the trauma you just went through, you're so exhausted. You can barely stay awake. You have to feed the new child, all the stress, your mind is spinning. And here's husband next to you saying, I'm going to run home and get a shower real quick and get something to eat and maybe take a nap or get some. Were you in my delivery room? <laughs> Were you in my delivery room? That's, I want to know. That's how common this is. And, and the, the wife's just sitting there like, this is the most beautiful, stressful, th this moment we're never going to have again. It's our first child. And here you are talking about running home and getting a bite to eat and a nap and checking work emails and running to the hardware. What, what this? No. And that's a very, that is a moment that will forever be cemented in her mind, you know, chiseled in stone, ting, 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 that she's never, ever going to forget that in 15 years. From that point, when they have a big blow up fight, she's going to say, yeah, and remember when you abandoned me at the hospital, that was a very acute, empathic rupture that will forever mm -hmm. change the, the dynamic between the two of them. Um, it can be argued that that's not a gendered thing. Both have that. An empathic rupture could be a man discovers his wife is texting another man from work 
And at that point, everything changes. He doesn't look at her the same. He can't trust her. Um, he discovers that she has $50,000 of credit card debt that she never mm. disclosed. Whoa, she's leading a secret life and she's never told me these things and bought these things. And now it, she put the card in both of our names and it's ruined my credit and all kinds of awful things. So those moments happen and they're very, very difficult to come back from, especially when it's so easy these days to say, I'm out. And there's not much of a deterrent to say, you know, to get in the way between you and divorce and a new single life, whatever it may be. Um, that's unfortunate. It only takes one to divorce, as we know. Yeah. And um, yeah, so those those moments are big. They have a big, big impact. And it's not impossible, but it's really, really tough to come back from those. Wow. I love that term too, Ralph, the empathic rupture. I'm sure it happens multiple times in all marriages. And so, you know, just the fact that you say that, and I believe your community is similar to this as well you know, instead of rushing to the conclusion or the solution, getting your ducks in a row, so to speak. And, you know, we, our platform allows for that, like just understand first, have some basic conversation and then decide your next step because, you know, cutting the cord too soon um, may not be what you intended to do. You know, some some families with us, they will say, oh, this is not what I signed up for. Or just getting the financial clarity, you know, is healing to their marriage. Or they decide, well, maybe we'll just get a post snob um, or, or some other next step instead of going to an attorney and, you know, moving ahead. Because those steps can't be undone, frankly. Well, I guess they can, but a lot, a lot of damage is done in that process. Instead of just saying, I just want to know first so I can decide what to do next. And it sounds like that's what your community does as well. It just really encourages the knowing before you move forward. Oh, absolutely. It, one, of yeah. the most, one of the most common refrains from men is, I just want to know that I have tried to do everything possible mm -hmm. before calling it quits. That's a very man thing. I got I to gotta cross mm -hmm. all my t's and dot all the i's and i have to go down my checklist and make sure i've done everything possible and these men it's often in terms of uh, uh losing that emotional and physical connection with the wife well mm -hmm. the man will say i'm going through your steps of your book i'm getting in better physical shape i'm being a more uh, attentive man I, I am you know trying to romance my wife again i'm suggesting we go on dates i'm doing my part around the house more etc etc i'm gonna check 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 and unfortunately for a lot of these men they are codependent in nature and uh, they don't realize that some of the abuse and other things that they um, receive on, on part of their wife, their soon-to-be ex, kind of supersedes a lot of that checklist. And, and you know, you can wipe out the checklist, sir. You're, you're more than capable of skipping and going to the end and divorcing. You have every right in the world. If the genders were flipped, often this, this wife would have a chorus of people saying, leave this abusive person before you end up in the hospital or whatever. But that's, it's very different for men. No, no, no. I can't just give up like that. I've made my vows. I've, uh, uh, I committed to this woman. I got three kids and I haven't done all I can to fix this just yet. Let, let me, let me go through the, the checklist. And sometimes that checklist is, um, I've really dropped the ball on our finances. Um, I'm not making it enough. Uh, I've kind of set the career on the back burner. I didn't pursue that, that promotion when I should have. My wife has reminded me of that fairly often. And, um, it's so it's, you know, it's a delicate balancing game of what to fix, 
when to when to pull the parachute, if that's the right term, the ripcord, and get the hell out of Dodge. And when do you stick around and keep trying? Every little situation is different, that's for sure. I've spoken to a lot of men where I say, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And I've spoken just to just as many when I say, you got a very good woman on your hands and you're blessed to have this person in your life. Uh, you need to yank your head out of your butt because she's a good woman and she doesn't deserve this. You know, guys that tell me they're sneaking off with a secretary or whatever it may be. Um, so every little situation is different. Well, yeah. we're well, running out of, oh, sure. go ahead, Catherine. The one thing for sure we can end with this in common is that this is not a male, female thing. I mean, we hear, I mean, obviously we have men and female clients. So everything that we can say on the man side also is on the female side and everything on the female side is certainly on the male side. And if we can all remember that when you're going through this process, you're both compromising. And so if you're not compromising, you're not going through this process properly. And so get that knowledge that you need so that you can both get come to the table and kind of respect that you each probably have some very similar feelings, although different, and you are both compromising to get to a better resolution for the rest of your life. Setting the ego aside, that's very tough. Arguably, I would say tougher for the men to, uh, you know, I don't want to be the weakling here. I'm the tough one. I've been hurt. Watch this. I'm going to fight back. Gosh, darn it. I'm the tough alpha male here. Um, there is a lot of, you talk about both sides. I don't know in your world, but in my world, I see the comments to videos and posts and so forth. To say that there's a gender war out there would be an understatement. Oh my goodness. I, both sides. I see no point in any kind of interpersonal relationship with the opposite sex. I'm done with it. I've been, had my heart broken two, three times. I'm out. Uh, you know, there's a, there was a study that came out that a lot of people took a, a lot of offense to, which was, and I can't remember the uh, the source of the study, um, who amongst the, all the demographics of people and where they're at on the relationship spectrum, are they single with kids? Are they married with kids, married, no kids, et cetera, et cetera, who ends up being the happiest, ranked the happiest? And it was single women with no kids. And oh my goodness, that just set off a firestorm. I did a video on that and just got all kinds of thousands and thousands of views. And people were just beside themselves like, a, this is obviously BS all the way to, well, of course, men are garbage. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's just one of countless examples of uh, mm -hmm. everyone pointing across the gender aisle, as I always say, saying it's them, it's them, it's them. No, no, mm -hmm. we're, we're both at fault here. Well, listen, wow. you can invite Karen and I into your little fraternity to speak any time. <laughs> We'd love to challenge some thoughts and give you another perspective. and also probably support them as well. <laughs> Thank Very you for good. being with us today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so yeah. much. So this concludes this episode on dads managing the emotional roller coaster of divorce. Ralph, how can our listeners find you and learn more about you? The source of everything would be dadstartingover.com website, or if you just do a search on all the social media platforms for dad starting over, you will find me. And if you're a man going through all of this, and you're like most men out there, and you don't have a lot of other men in your world, because men are becoming more and more solitary, I've noticed. Um, not a lot of buddies, and certainly not a lot of buddies that are going through this whole divorce process and starting over process. Uh, we have a private group that you mentioned called the DSO Fraternity. And you can get to that through dadstartingover.com or dsofraternity.com. We have live meetings. Myself, I conduct them. After I'm done here, I'm going to have a live meeting. And they typically go for an hour or two. And we record all of those meetings. We have 600 
hours of meetings recorded. And we have myself and other men that host the meetings. We have a private forum online for men, for men only. We have a Discord server. We have articles. We have a DSO fraternity podcast. We do get together in person. And we have products such as uh, courses and coaching. And our members get uh, big discounts on all of that. So check it out, dadstartingover.com. All right. Thanks so much. Maybe see us pop in there one day. Very good. (laughs) All right, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. If you're considering divorce, make sure to protect your wealth with divorce financial planning from My Divorce Solution. Our certified divorce experts will help you untangle your finances and understand your settlement options so you can negotiate your marital assets with confidence. Protect your financial estate with divorce financial planning. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to see if you qualify to work with our financial divorce experts. That's MyDivorceSolution.com for expert divorce financial planning. Thanks for joining us on another episode of We Chat Divorce. We hope this episode was informative and supportive on your divorce journey. If you're looking for more support for navigating divorce with confidence and clarity, head over to MyDivorceSolution.com for more podcast episodes, divorce events, and resources for your divorce. We'll see you back here for our next episode.